Good afternoon. You're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and the programme Local Media This Week, the programme where we have a look at the local print media here in County Clare, mostly the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion, and we give our take and we see what they're talking about and we have a little chat about it. We're delighted to welcome uh, most of our usual panel today, uh, John S. Kelly. John, you're very welcome. Thank you, Jim. Delighted to be here. Pat O'Brien. Pat, you're welcome also. Thanks, Jim. Uh, our usual panellist, uh, David, is unavoidably absent today, David Fleming, but we're joined by another Fleming, back up off the bench again, Luke. <laughs> and I didn't even have a chance to warm at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you, it's <laughs> delighted to see um, everybody around and all the homework is done. We've all read through all the papers, so let's have a look. Just thinking, um, the Care Champion, the, the headline in the Care Champion, called to step up action against neighbours from hell. That's some heading, isn't it? Listen, John, what are your neighbours like? <laughs> I'm fortunate that I have the nicest and the most agreeable of neighbours. Okay. How about you, that? Lovely neighbours also, out in Caramore, yeah, yeah, absolutely, very nice, and we get on with them all, so. Mm. But, uh, Pat, you must have neighbours down there in the mills that are... I have, I don't find any on my, on my neighbours. <laughs> we never have any foreign notes or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. But mustn't it be, you know, Absolutely, the worst thing you could imagine to be living beside people who are making your life a misery. Absolutely, and there isn't a week goes by on our um, program that we uh, have to restrain ourselves with the reports that come in from different parts of the county, where the social, where there's a lot of of blackguarding going on in communities. I mean, hmm. you know, you wonder. I, uh, I wonder, Jim, what drives that kind of thing? It might, it might be guys, possibly girls, but most unlikely, um, breaking up little things in the playground. Or it could be dabbing paint on um, essentially public buildings, mm. do you know? And, uh, and we, uh, we are in danger I think we're in danger of accepting it as Asher, it's, it's, it's a phase. Damn it, like if you're a community person and you've been working hard on a project, as indeed uh, the, the committee that look after the actual riverside or hmm. the people who are involved in, in Bodike evicted uh, grounds, how but much can you put up with that? You, yeah, they, I mean, they talk here about putting up with intimidation, verbal abuse and physical abuse. Yeah. And, you know, it, it seems to stem from rows. And these rows, according to the article, spill over into the front garden. Yeah. And then that brings the neighbours into it, certainly. Yeah. And then someone gets locked out because yeah. they're obviously fighting with whoever else is in the house. Yeah. And the person who's locked out go start blowing car horns to try and get back in. Yeah. Do you know, I, I wonder in certain instances, are people living too close together? I know you can have neighbours from hell out the country as well, but yeah. when people are in very close physical proximity to each other, um, it, it certainly exacerbates the problem, I would suggest. Are there not plenty of, un, plenty of other countries all over the world that have t 
towns and cities way bigger than us with people living an awful lot closer that in the majority of cases don't have the same problems. Yeah. Well, what do you notice, true. Luke? For example, if you go out for an evening in, I'd pick one out of the sky, Rome. Okay. Good choice. Uh, <laughs> and what you'll notice uh, is teenagers, you know, 14 plus, 40 year old plus, sitting outside a cafe by a, a wayside a table in chairs, having their pizza and their chat. Mm. and enjoying their, their town. Mm. Yeah, they're not sculling pints. They're not which? They're not sculling pints or nagging, you know, drinking no, cans. No, but they'll no. be, you notice, on the four corners leading into perhaps the square, all right, you'll notice that they're the presence of police. The van will be there. It is. The dog is sitting in the van, looking out. You know, the presence sends out a message, doesn't it? You'll have no bloody well the garden going on there anyway, that's for sure. It does. Huh? The whole thing, I was listening during the week to one of the radio stations, and maybe it was Joe Duffy, uh, talking about, let's say, the centre of Dublin and the amount of violence and the amount you know, of, yeah. of messing that's going yeah. on there and how that impedes ordinary people going about Enjoyment, their business. Yeah. I, I mean, I often wonder, you know, you mentioned police there, like we often go to Paris, you know, for a few days or for a weekend mm. or whatever, and there are police everywhere, everywhere. in the centre of Paris. Yes, there And are. the bigger the crowds will say, I remember being there some years ago now on the Bastille Day. Yes. The place was saturated with police. Yes. And, you know, I remember an incident where somebody, all they were doing, I said they were a little bit drunk and, you know, not shout. Loud. <laughs> yeah. Well, within seconds, they were bundled into the back of a police and they were gone. wagon and they were gone. And I mean, I'm just wondering now, we've never put those kind of resources into... And that word, Jim, you use, resources. That means we've got to decide what it is we're willing to pay for. If you want peace, well, quiet, security, well, you can pay for it. Well, I think that the council, reading the article and from the people, um, the people uh, had a meeting on Monday night and uh, reading the article, the council were, were the, the complaints were made. And the council said they had no, they had no evidence. Well, sure, surely if they send out um, some of the people just to have in charge of their housing, people they find the evidence. Well, Pat, Pat, the difficulty there, I think, is that people are afraid. They're already afraid because of what is happening, and they'd be doubly afraid to be the complainant. You well, know? They, they did, they, the article says that they did complain on, on lots of occasions in the last five years because it appears this house was vacant and um, the council put these people entered and then the whole, the, this whole thing started. Now uh, it says here, there's a woman here and her husband is on shift work, he, he works nights and he said he can't, he can't sleep during the day without the, the record and the nights if, 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 if someone can't, can't go to his job and he can't sleep during the night. And Did you ever hear anybody talk about a contract? If you, if the council give you a, a house or an mm. apartment or if they are paying a, a supplementary, you know, rent for you. Um, is there a contract between the, the person getting the house and the council 
which will ensure that if the if the the thing you talked about or Jim that you mm. talked about there, if that is happening, then the council will insist on their leaving the property. Mm. I, I don't think that's how it works, John. It isn't, I know. I, I, I just see here, you're a good friend uh, on page two, uh, John, and the, the article, uh, following the intervention of Councillor Mary Howard, yeah. it was discovered the council had no file with the relevant complaints. One of the residents was told the council lost the file about two and a half years ago. Ah, Luke. That this is what this is what's written in the article, and it said that the problem started in two thousand and fifteen. Hmm. You know, um, yeah. it's not a, an ideal scenario, but uh, you know, the variation of the constitution that everybody has a right to a house. Even neighbours on hell have a right to a house. I would uh, have my own thoughts on it. I would most certainly. And I wouldn't be afraid to let my thoughts be yeah, well, some given people, an here, Some people are living in, in, in this area for almost 50 years who are retired and have paid for their homes. They can't, they can't sit out for a barbecue without hearing shouting, roaring and foul language. It's embarrassing if their grandchildren are in their home. There has, there has been intimidation and driving, and driving in, threatened, in, a, in, threatened, in a threatened manner and, and it is a it is Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine people being afraid to complain. Yes. You know, because you have to go back and live beside these people after complaining. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, some mechanism should be devised so that, you know, it's not just a complaint. That yeah, but, the, the, but the, 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 the issue is, if the council house a person or a family in house A, and they act up, what happens? They get moved, so then they get moved to house B. Yeah. They can do the exact same thing again. Yeah. Then they get moved to house C, and they get moved to house D. Yeah, yeah. You can have civil rights organisations that say that yes, that's a fair way of doing things. There are lots of other people that are in the country and in the county that would say, well, okay, once maybe. You can understand, but two, three times, yeah. same issue. There's plenty of other people looking for houses as well. You should have people that should be grateful for it, appreciate it, and take care. And when people that are, we say, maybe not fortunate enough themselves to own their own property, mm -hmm. are given a council property, they should be able to bear and accept the responsibility that comes with it. Indeed. And enjoy it. Indeed. For Indeed. what it is. It's yeah. a, it's a Perfect. And uh, this woman said, she, she, she said, there, there is vermin issue as a result of rubbish being thrown over the wall near, near a derelict house. So that just seems to be thrown rubbish over the wall. And, mm -hmm. yes, it's, uh, but uh, I see the, the down here on the bottom of yeah. uh, the, the Clare Champion. In response to Clare Champion queries, Clare County Council issued the following statement. With regard to alleged complaints, there under Clare County Council cannot comment on specific cases from a GDPR perspective. That's more of it. That's more, that's more, more. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Clare County Council has a duty to manage and control dwellings let under the Housing Act. We have to securing and protecting the interests of tenants and their families in a peaceful occupation of their homes. In accordance with the anti-social behaviour strategy, Clare County Council is committed to a preservation of the peaceful occupation of dwellings 
for which is responsible and will not generate antisocial behavior. But so, so they should be caught in all those laws, but so not, they don't seem to be carrying it out. They need to be put up in some place where they're miles from anywhere. They do, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's An it. isolated corner of Clare. They do, yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we'll go on. Um, it's worrying, Dodger. It is worrying, and it's annoying, yeah. you know, because you can feel the, the pain of people who are mm. in that position. Yeah. And you probably have people there, uh, maybe have, have, have got council houses as well. I don't suppose this is a council house, but there's other people there have council houses, they haven't bought houses, they have, they're keeping them very well, probably like, you know, like you have in an awful lot of estates. Absolutely, yeah. And maybe bought them out and, and, and painting them and looking after them very well, and then you have those people coming in and they, they sign the whole thing. Well, do you know something, as, as a, a slight aside, I was at a street feast last Sunday, last Sunday in Scarif. Oh, yeah, the, the residents on oh, the Connock yeah. Road organised a street mm. feast and they mm. had tables out and they beautiful, lovely mm, beautiful. sandwiches and mm, yeah. uh, Mrs. Kalu was, was oh, her baking lemon, her lemon buns cake. and yes, lemon drizzle cake, absolutely, <laughs> I can still taste it. But we, we did quite chat there and we were there, Timmy Dooley actually turned up. Yeah. We were there for a couple of hours and just yeah. chatting and talking and mm -hmm. kids were doing face painting or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they, mm -hmm. they keep the place oh, it's absolutely a, beautiful. A model, there. isn't it? It is a model for any yeah. place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you know, and I mean, it's, there's estates like it all over the place. But, but yeah, I mean, yeah. they, they, all over the country. Yeah. But, you know, they really look after the place well. Yeah. And there's a great sense of community there. there. And that's, that's the kind of the other side of it. Yes. Yeah, but you also have people, you, you have certain people and maybe they're in a minority, but uh, certain people, if they're messing around, they get the, 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 the side anyway, they have yes. no regard for it. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, quarries. The, apparently, according to the front page of the Clare Echo, and maybe it's, it's, I think it's in the Clare Champion as well, uh, two quarries in Clare supplied pyrite blocks. And those quarries are named, I don't know whether we, we maybe don't want to name them, but. Uh, well, if anybody wants to find the name, it's there they can in both check papers. It there in the article is in both I mean, papers. I know, Luke, you have often talked about, we've discussed this before, and you've said that those people who supplied the pyrite blocks um, should be made responsible for them. Yeah. Um, um, and here we have two quarries which appear to, according to the paper, have been supplying pyrite. Yeah, and it, com it comes from an Oireachtas committee hearing. Uh, that has uh, the, the claims will say were made at it, and you would hope that those type of claims wouldn't be made without um, you know due Don't care and diligence and uh, been been put into it because uh, that's not you know that's that's not someone sort of you know whispering something into your ear and saying this is fact, this is on the record. It's at an Oireachtas meeting and say yeah. Horik has it, we'll say, on, on page one, and the, fu the full stories in page six. Mm. And uh, of course, um, it's a topic that has been covered in, in we we'll say, both papers. And we we'll say, uh, Fiona has done great work on it in the Champion as well. But um, it's, to me, this whole thing is, uh, I said, it's drip, 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 where this country, do, A, do, we don't do planning, right? And B, we sort of don't do um, uh, thinking on how we're going to solve things. And we sort of try and uh, nip things in the bud by saying, no, I know that didn't happen. Should that, that, no, no, there was never an issue there. This whole issue started in Donegal a number of years ago. People thought uh, it took them a number of years for it to gain a little bit of exposure in national media. And then it started dripping down 
into um, you know we'll say into Limerick and into Clare and then there yeah. was a, a suggestion that there might be pyrite in a few houses in Clare and, yeah. and you know there because then Donegal I think and Mayo were going to get money people started thinking oh well then maybe Clare should get money and he said oh, look, there's no issues there's no problems in Clare there's no problems in Clare mm. and you look at that if there's issues in Donegal there's issues in Mayo um, there's going to be issues all over the country yeah and this is how it's turning out to be and I said my big issue with the whole thing is it's the whole side of it, the finance side of it I said mm. government are going to they're in a bit of a bind, right? Should the government be paying for this? I would argue no. Mm, we do. Yes, and I have stated it previously. I think with the way that things are gone, they are probably going to bear the brunt of it. But companies that are no longer in existence or have changed hands five or six times over because this is a generational issue it didn't sort of happen as far as we know in the last you know few yeah, years yeah. that this happened say you know probably late, late 70s 80s into the 90s with the boom and all the rest of that so who's going to pay Look, and that's we, what it boils well, down to could we hold you on, on that because that's a very, a very crucial point My, Deputy Michael McNamara our own Michael he maintained to quote uh, the article on page 6 of the Clare Echo he maintained it is right that the state step in to try to remedy this horrendous situation for people. So, on the other hand, he says, equally it is right that the exchequer should be compensated by those who supplied the dangerous material, particularly when they did so for profit. Well, the, yeah, but you read his next paragraph, John. The next paragraph, yeah. then, it would be obscene if the state was going to pay out three billion and the only recovery mechanism is a levy on the industry generally, including those who complied and those who did not comply equally. Yes. Where is the fairness in that? No, not, no, no fairness at all. It reminds, isn't there a similar levy on insurance we, companies, car insurance, we, for example? Yeah, yeah a PMPA. Which yes, I think, remember Which that. I think technically we only finished paying about five or six years ago and then we're now paying it through Queen Insurance. Yeah. We're still paying it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So th th this is the, the whole thing. Is there, uh, you know, a little bit like... In other words, you're saying yeah. that... that I, by the way, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Mm. I'm just trying to articulate for myself what you're saying. And you're, you're, you're essentially uh, acknowledging that when all is said and done, it will be society which will pay. Yeah, it's going to be you, me... And a dog named Boo. Anyone yeah. that's paying tax yeah. are going to pay. Well, the the majority of it. Even if you're buying stuff for your vats, the vat yeah. tax yeah. and all that, okay? We all pay tax. Well, you see, one sorry, John, um, I think Michael McNamara has referred to them as well, um, where, where, where the government, where, you see, you can't, we say Martina, uh, Dr. Martina Cleary, you, know, you can't expect her to go to court and, and take on some of those big companies that, you're dead right. yeah. So the, 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 like the, the government will have to possibly come in and, and cover the, the, the costs. I know it's clearly them, but the, the, the government then should, 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 should take up those companies. Okay, okay. If, those two, if those two companies are there, 
They, they should be chased up. They, 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 they have been making huge profits. Are they, go, are they going to make three billion back out of them? Well, they are, are they going to bankrupt them? They should, Probably. They should, they should it would end up that way. Yeah. Like that. And then what will happen? You no, no one will get anybody. Yes, don't think that that's will get, right. that will happen is that load of sinisters. By the way, how and, about culpability? Yeah. I mean, is it conceivable uh, that uh, the companies in question that have been mentioned in the article, is it conceivable that they were totally unaware of the, damaged, uh, the damage that their blocks would cause? So there was no culpability in that regard. Well, now, John, my understanding of things, and I am far from, I'm not an expert of any description in relation to it, but my understanding is that some of the content put into the blocks wouldn't be the content that would uh, normally be put in because it, uh, we say its class has been cheaper. Mm. Really? Right? That's why it's been put in. Okay? So, it's like if you were making a block and just say it costs a euro. Yeah. And if your construction costs for the block, just say for argument's sake, are 50 cent. And if you could do something that makes the construction cost of the block 40 cent, but you're still selling it for a euro, you're making more money. That's my, I, I mm. could be very wrong with that, but that, is, that appears to be my understanding of it. That, or that the companies knew that X, Y, and Z were going in, and it's a bit like, I should, that'll only be an issue 10, 20 years down the line, and sure, who, who, who know or care about that? Do well, you feel that? Yeah. The, the blocks from one, of, from, from one of those companies, the blocks from my house came over to one of those, one of those companies. And those, going around with a microscope. Tough to your But the fact that they're, you know, when this started off, it was maybe one or two, 100, 150 million. We're currently at 3 billion. And, and How many today's more? news yeah. is that there is a, a, a suspicion that it may be far, far more widespread than we ever considered. Mm. John, mm. This, is, this is my whole point day one. Yeah. Mm. Right? You start off, it's six houses in Clare, then it's 60, then it could be 600, it'll probably wind up being 6,000. Right? This is the whole thing that there is no one has sort of looked at this and sort of said, right lads, the, uh, you know, this, because I, I know that the cost of actually testing a house is quite yeah. substantial and you do it damage to, to, yeah. to the house for it. But if you were to look at the averages and you look at the figures that are, we'll say, and I'm just talking about Claire, you look at, we were talking about, you were talking about this probably a year ago, maybe eight, nine, ten months ago, and it was five or six houses, and your ash, there's not much to see here. You look at it now, and I guarantee you, we're looking at this in another six months, and those figures will probably have doubled again. And it's going to be in every county in the country. So your three billion, don't be surprised if that heads for double figures. Mm -hmm. And the, the whole thing in relation to this is that our concept of money is gone. What's now, what would have cost hundreds, thousands, is now hundreds of thousands, millions, and uh, as a, the boys uh, alluded to, uh, when you talk about Michael Noonan back into the, mm. the bad old days, we'll be dealing in millions and billions. Yes. <laughs> and and yeah. that's it, three yeah. billion euros. Mm. If you think about it, one billion euros built the M50 back in the day, and they spent another billion putting another lane into it. Mm. Okay, now three billion won't build a children's hospital for you. But is there somebody, like, is there somebody um, checking those qualities? Can, 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 can some... 
someone from the department walking to any quarry in Clare or Limerick or Tipperary or anywhere in Ireland and, and, well, if and you check were, out if you is were everything properly going into the, into the blocks. Uh, Patty, you're right. If you were a county councillor, uh, uh, conscious of the fact that, good Lord, the organisation in which you're a member, um, it could be faced with a, a huge substantial bill, yeah. bill. Okay, therefore they should start getting the scientific evidence down now. But mm. if you were a, a building your house now, mm. you would certainly want some kind of guarantee. You would, yeah, yeah, definitely. That, that the yeah. blocks your yeah, this, but it's not building it now is the problem. No, it's thirty years. Thirty ago. years ago. Yeah, you know. We'll go on. Uh, the puka has arrived in Karen. And we've discussed the puka here many, many times. We sent our intrepid reporter, John S. Kelly, on a visit to Karen during the week to, to suss out yeah. for ourselves. Well, uh, was it Monday? It, it was Monday. I had uh, four American students. They've been staying with us. And, uh, you know, the, the, tour, the tour guide for them is always the barn. All right? So... After we had satisfied the first step of the, uh, like the Lemonade, Kilfenora, and onto Carn. Onto Carn, yeah. Okay. Now we have an inveterate appetite for stories about the puka, haven't we here? We, yeah. I'd say we were the first in the media to, to enter the fray, were we? Jim? You have a fondness for it yourself, John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I have, and I, I think with good reason. Because Ennis Timon, when you look at the, the way the actual puka is positioned in the wooded garden of Carn House, I'll tell you, you'd say, ah, they missed out badly on it. And I had this reinforced when I got out of my car and uh, met Tim Madden, the manager, and he said, he said uh, come on down, he said, it's, um, it's really interesting. We were inundated on Saturday for the unveiling. He said, 600. I don't know where they, 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 they were because it's a narrow, a narrow road. There's very little... Uh, very little parking there. At all. But they have it positioned in the wood now. And they, 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 there weren't very many there when we were there because it's a flog and rain so much. But apparently what has already started is uh, kids and adults wanting photographs taken. Uh, beside leaning on the puka, mm. okay, and I met uh, anyway uh, a husband and wife from Ennis Diamond. Mm. There was flame coming out of his ears, uh, and I wasn't quite sure until he started explaining what the source of it was. You know, was he down to reclaim? He was fierce, angry uh, over the way it, it turned out in Ennis Diamond, and he said grossly, grossly unfair. Uh, the way the vote was done. Which we, we alluded to previously we, we because did. it was online. Uh, yes. That's right, yeah. And, uh, and it raised a lot of other questions as well. But I can say anyway that the radio will be down to do a, a programme on it. We have, we have, uh, you have a good contact now. We have a good contact. And uh, it's a superb piece mm. of uh, artistry mm. in my mind. Can I just say one thing? Uh, uh, there is a picture on page 18 in the Echo yeah. and also on page 3 in the Champion, both yeah. taken by Arthur Ellis. 
and it is, the, without having seen it in the flesh, bear the first two photos where I think you can get a grasp of the actual size of it, John. So, because some of the photos you see, it looked tiny. And that, that's right. There. That, that's right. What, what? It's over six feet. Yes, and it's on a plinth. It's on a plinth. It's on a plinth, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that man, he's there. He's with a hurley, uh, Joe Killeen, and I know Joe very well. Yeah. Joe is a tall man. Yeah. Um, John was, was, he, was he president of the IETO? He was indeed, yes, and, and I've known him since we were in Flannels together. But yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a big man and he needs to stretch as far yeah. as he can with so the hurling. Would I be right in saying the plinth is probably about maybe three feet tall and then the statue is on that, top no, of it? No, no, yeah. actually. Uh, uh, I'm not sure now, Luke. Yeah. Well, you're, you're tall yourself now, John. Were, I'm, were I'm, you looking up at it? I was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. But yeah. There, there's uh, already. One of the toes has a, a polish on it, do you know? Because people had started on Saturday, people rubbing their, their <laughs> hand on the toe. It might have the colours on it for this yeah. weekend. Well, if, if people, and you mentioned a moment ago, people taking selfies with... Oh! Yeah. You know, I mean, that's uh, straight away you could see an, an attraction there that it's going to help, it's going to be an extra attraction for Actually, I, I, do you know what I was thinking? There. I was thinking... If uh, if they had a, a, a cameraman there on special days, uh, who'd take your like Santa Claus, you know? Yes. Okay, Santa Claus. Okay. I'd say that Americans now would love this. Listen, yeah. We'll get we'll get the hiddens. Let's just welcome as Puka settles in camp. Jim, sure. only you know, just one other thing I'd say: the November the first is going to be a big day, day the area. in Karen. It's going to be the Puka day. And, oh. and it'll be a, yeah, just a, a festival around the, yeah, the festival. festival around so there you are, a Jew and his diamond. Puka settles into life in Listen, we'll try and get one other item in before the break if we can, if we have a, maybe very quickly. Uh, there's three Shannon-related uh, areas of interest in the paper. There's talk of a rail link, uh, or that we have talked about that before, but I think uh, Pat Daly uh, has brought up the subject again of a rail link and it's being pushed, oh, yeah. you know, in as far as possible for some kind of government positive reaction towards it. The one thing that is very interesting there in the, it's in the, the second part of the Clare Champion, yeah. is a new website on Brendan O'Regan. Oh yes. John, you had to look at that. I did, I had to look at it. Well, there is a biography done by Brian O'Connell and Kean uh, um, O'Carroll. They did a biography um, on Brendan. I don't know, did, did you come across it? No, I haven't. It's, read, the, no. Story, it's the story of Brendan O'Regan it's the story of the development of the airport. It's the story of the development of the industrial estate. It is Brendan O'Regan's contribution. That's the biography. But to in, you know, enlarge on it, uh, a new website was opened last week. And it's a, one that's, uh, that can continue to be added to. And the concern is there that as each half generation passes by, the achievement of this man, Brendan O'Regan, may be forgotten. And that's not to happen. Okay. So 
A visionary, we often ask and say we need visionaries. Luke referred to, to one earlier. Um, we need a vision. We need a visionary approach to life and to politics and to development, don't we? We do. It's okay. And we need people who will look at something and say, we can do this. Yeah. There was a very interesting point, uh, a simple point, to, that kind of encapsulated uh, the, the personality and the character and leadership of Brendan O'Regan. In, 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 in the industrial estate as it developed, and he was, let's say, in uh, investigating progress, that kind of thing, he'd always make a point of seeking the opinion of all levels and he do it very subtly and I like that style do you know yeah. uh, the chap who happened to be uh, sweeping the floor uh, down at the end of the factory he'd have him aside and he'd be chatting but he, in his work though and in his vision and the yeah. realisation of that vision he brought everybody along with him absolutely you know which absolutely. is probably why he was yeah listen we'll have to go for a break um, Pat, we're, we want a bit of music that will, you know, excite us and delight us over the next three minutes <laughs> or so. Um, Willie Clancy is returning to Milton after the two weeks, after two years of two the year COVID. absence, yes. And uh, so this was virtual for the last couple of years, so um, it's, it's coming on on June, on, on July 2nd, and on for the next week and 10 days. So I suppose you'll have every musician in the country uh, in, in Milton. So we'll, we'll, have the, we'll have the Dubliners with the Marina Awards. Lovely. Thank you, Pat. We'll enjoy that for the next few minutes. You're very welcome back. You're listening to local media this week on Scarif Bay Community Radio. And that was the Dubliners with the Marino Awards. I heard John Sheehan on the on the TV recently talking about that and talking about uh, how he composed it. So it's a lovely piece of music. So thanks, Pat, for that. Just looking at page 20 here in the Clare Champion. Clare men first to fall when Irish turn their guns on each other. And uh, the article is uh, is by Tomás, Tomás McInmara, our own Tomás here. And he talks about the story of Joseph Considine from Clooney. Pat, you've been looking at that article. Yeah, it's a very good, actually, it's a very good piece. I, I sat down and read it all today there. And uh, it's a very good article. The historian, Thomas McCormack, where there's the story of Joseph Considine from Clooney, the first Republican victim of the Irish Civil War, who lost his life and route to helping comrades who were occupying the forecourt in Dublin. Um, on June 30th, 1922, two days after the IRA, after IRA volunteer Joseph Constance from the townland of Kilgoban was mortally wounded amidst the noise of an emerging civil war in Dublin. His still body lay silent and reposed at the Catholic Church in Cluny. Joe's grandparents had stood at the same spot when, they, when in March 1862 their own father Jeremiah was baptised. It was there too that Jeremiah stood as Joe himself was baptised. Uh, baptised himself in the late 1901. Now, at the same sacred space, 58-year-old Jeremiah glazed this constantly at the, at the coffin containing his 20-year-old son. Around the coffin were Republicans in the parish stood there. They, all, uh, they had already firmly t- 
turned their faces away from the Anglo-Irish treaty and let Joe had a strong anti-treaty position. I suppose it's a, uh, it's a lovely article, there's a full page, and, and I think anyone that has interest in, in, in history and maybe the history of the, the Civil War should, should read it. Mm. it a, uh, actually, uh, on Sunday they had a um, commemoration in, in Clooney uh, graveyard, and um, I passed there, we were going to a match, we had a match up in, 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 uh, in Dura, and I passed over there, and there was a fine crowd there. Pat, it's going to be a... It is not going to be at all. It is, it is a very sensitive issue, the, the Civil War. We haven't, on the radio, we haven't really worked out yet how we will cope with the potential, um, you know, difficult questions that arise from, from um, commemorating. Isn't that true? That's true, yeah. 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 Mm. Um, we, have, we were thinking the other day that perhaps the radio might consider, and Jim was talking about it, um, might consider a series of uh, conversation and uh, formal inputs in the history um, uh, series. Something akin to what we did. How many years ago, Jim, was it? Well, it was it 2016? 2016, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, it's a question. Well, the official, the official staff of the Civil War was a Last couple of days ago, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, you had, I suppose you had two other men executed from Cloney as well, you had Con McMahon and, uh, and the Hennessy man, he was Paddy Hennessy, he was, he was Secretary of the of the, of the board, was, yeah. yeah. There was a split in the GA after that for a while, yeah. and they came back together again then, you know. The GA, in fairness, the GA has played a very significantly positive role in diluting the bitterness uh, that prevailed very quickly at the time. Yeah, they, they had, yeah, and even Darren Kelly, I think the... the Barisini. You yeah. often yeah. hear of, of, of the, the Civil War was very bad in Kerry, and they, they came together on the football, the Sheehys and all those, they came there, but yeah. they yeah. went together and they won in Ireland, and there was there was fellas on both sides on it. Yeah. You know, yeah. shortly after the Civil That's War. Right. That's mm. right. Okay, listen, we'll Which leave is, it uh, lovely article, it's and lovely um, anyone just says it's interested in, 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 in definitely in history and the history of, of the country. And, and I suppose, I, I suppose. mean, really, anything Tomás turns his hand to, it, it yeah. emerges as, yeah. you know, a good, fabulous yeah. piece and there's some interesting and yeah. informative. Yeah, there's some, very, there's some very nice photographs in the way you know, Tomás is there, and then there's another one there, Con McMahon. Picture left at your Constance General in Cloney Church, and then you have, uh, I suppose, JJ Constance. I suppose he would probably be a relation as well, yes. uh, speaking at the, at the grave. And then there's a couple in, inside. There's a couple more colour photographs of yeah. uh, Tomás and a few more people at the at the okay. grave. Very good. Uh, I suppose one of the things, given that we usually talk about uh, local affairs in the second half of the show, we have two new mayors, um, Luke. Uh, Mayor of Clare, uh, from Killaloo, Tony, yeah. uh, Tony O'Brien, uh, as we said, the, the Killaloo Municipal District is uh, on a roll, as the man says. We have the, uh, the, the mayor for the county uh, elected unopposed, uh, and uh, Alan O'Callaghan taken over, as we said, the of the Killaloo Municipal District. So, uh, great celebrations had, we'll say, by all. I, I note with interest Alan O'Callaghan, in particular, his comments um, in relation to, uh, I think he's setting out a stall in relation to funding that's going to be required for, uh, for 
some of the local assets that are being you know taken over by uh, from Shannon Heritage, uh, some I suppose fairly close to his own part of the constituency uh, alone. I presume with Craig and Owen, and that you'd have Bunratty as well. That they need an investment of money, which I don't think anybody argues about. But uh, you know, it's not small money you're talking about. Interesting to see how that will go, and we'll say Tony O'Brien. Uh, lots of tributes paid to him. Uh, I, I I noted one one part of the paper where it was commented that the I don't know is it the the the, the area in the council chamber I suppose where the public can generally attend is normally empty, but they said on the day in question that it was two thirds full with lots of supporters there to uh, uh, congratulate him and uh, see see. Uh, yeah. Uh, him take up. So I, I'm sure uh, with the Killaloo Festival coming up uh, in the next few weeks you'll have a great opportunity to talk to him. Just a little bit like what you did and you had a chat with Joe in the mills last weekend. Yes. So, which is, uh, uh, yeah. uh, there's well, a lovely, lovely bit there uh, uh, Jim and uh, Tony to drive on as Clare County Council at Nuka Hillock. And then, then has the story. A former bus air inspector from Killaloo which is very appropriate for Tony to drive on. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, as driven on to the top of Clare County Council, Councillor Tony Brown was elected unopposed as Clare's next first citizen without a vote as part of the, the power sharing agreement that was first brokered in 2004 at the annual general meeting in Innes. A former Smith O'Brien's GA secretary replaced Councillor Peter Ryan, who was lauded for being a great ambassador for the county over the past year. Councillor O'Brien was proposed by Fianna Fáil Councillor Pat Hayes and seconded by Joe Cooney, Renegade. I counted on Jerry Flynn, independent author, expect his support. His support. So there, there was no, there was no civil, there was no, no civil, civil war. war. I think still, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I think as we we know ourselves, the civil war in politics in the Killaloo Municipal District was over a long time ago. And I say so, and mm. I say because the they, all, they all cooperate, which is why they've been so successful. I, I would say yeah. so, yeah. yeah. And I say in the counties, well, uh, Luke, they, it's heading that way. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's heading that way. Well, we wish Tony every success yeah. and, and Tony, a, a lovely yeah. picture taken there John Kelly and I'd safely say now without her passing too much of a guess that's taken a two mile gate a lovely picture taken by John Kelly also. Oh, yeah. but he's a, he's a lot of work behind him in terms of particularly Smith O'Brien's Tony has done a lot of work over the years yeah. uh, particularly in the in the Killaloo and in the General yeah. East Clare we'll, area. we'll wish him the very best Okay. one other area there I suppose we were looking at in the papers, and it's, it's not just East Clare, but it's uh, it's population. Uh, 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 it's the political link, Jim. I like yes. how you sort of put the two of those there together. Um, could, could I ask you a question? Would you elect a quarter of a TD? You wouldn't normally, no. No, but population-wise, now we're entitled to four and a quarter TDs. Uh, the population of the county has increased to 127,419, which is up seven, over 7% 7 on the 16 figures, uh, which are the preliminary figures, I suppose. They'll be open to a little bit of change. But what I found, uh, you know, they call it the generational jump. And I started there going, oh, I remember back then. 1991, John, the population of Clare was 90,918. Mm -hmm. Gone up 37,000 which is a significant figure, uh, what I would say is you look around you and I do not see the figures in rural County Clare having gone up, they're only going down. That's just a personal mm. thought. The uh, 
Michael McNamara raised a few very interesting questions and uh, again goes back to my bugbear, we said some page eight of the champion, uh, planning, lack of it. Uh, Claire TD Michael McNamara said that in general, long-term planning for a larger population has not happened to the extent required. Quote, and I'd like to see, I'd have to agree with him here. Quote, we don't really do planning very well in general in Ireland. An understatement if ever there was one. Mm. We're usually trying to scramble for the needs of today that weren't planned for yesterday and we're too busy with that to even think about the needs for tomorrow. Mm. Very perfect. He's definitely right. He, of course mm. he's right. Mm. And we say O'Neill in, in page 16 of the Clare Echo uh, was writing just in relation to uh, the about face that Fine Gael had in relation to investing a bit of money into own post, you know, with 30 million invested we'll say, uh, over three years into the rural post office network and that someone somewhere finally figured out that there is a benefit to be had by having post office services, if, even if the, shop, if the post office is gone, that there is a, a shop capable of providing certain services, Whitegate being the best example, I suppose, that we could have at the minute. But th there's a, cons cons a constitutional cap of 30,000 people per TD in the country. Right, so I think on a national level, it looks as if uh, we're going to have four or five more TDs in the doll, maybe three or four more TDs in the doll the next time around. Uh, our figures now for Clare, we don't probably have enough to get a fifth TD because, as I said, we only have four and a quarter. So what's going to happen? The chances are we're going to lose part of the county to either Tipperary or to Limerick. And O'Neill and sort of um, uh, passed a comment that that could be potentially bad news for a number of TDs or hopeful. Uh, in particular, if Limerick City is to expand, it could be a huge blow to Cahill Crow yes. because a lot of his area is very close to the border with Limerick. You know, so all things to be considered. I remember back in the day that it was Clare South Galway and a huge swathe of East Clare, John, you'll remember that, yes. was, was in with Galway. So, and the constituency yeah. was called Clare South Coast. Sure. Yeah. It's very good bit of white gate and maybe Fiegel, Kilnina and Arlandair and, and Trusheen and all that area. But think about the Killu Municipal District, not in the election last time, the one prior, Callan, or uh, Karen, was in yeah. the Killu Municipal District. But they, they, really? they, 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 yeah. they reduced it down to three and then they put it back to four again. Yeah. 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 Four districts yeah. again. I must say, I find it, you know, difficult to, to sort of feel that if part of where if I lived was tied in with some other counties. Absolutely. I mean, you feel like a, you mm. feel a Clare person. I know other counties have, have, have you know, that the constituency is, isn't co-terminus with the boundary. Yeah. But in, I just feel that but, uh, you, we, you still we talk have, about County Clare. You still have the chance for constituents, we'll say, in your, you know, say Leash and Offaly, might have three from Leash and two from Offaly mm. this time. It might be the other way around the next time. But there's, the counties are still the same. They're still, yeah. You know, we said, you're, from a sporting point of view, from the GA, your county is your county. You mm. don't have anyone from, you know, over the bridge in Ballina playing for Clare or vice versa. You know? Uh, and and the, the council boundaries are the, council, are the county boundaries. Yeah. So I, I would think myself, and I've alluded to it before, that we need to have less people up in the doll and get them to do more. 
not have more mm. for population. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, enough of that. Okay, we'll go on. It's, <laughs> it's festival time again. We've had a few festivals already this year. We had the, the Tumgraney Harp Festival and we had... We had Bodike and we had Tumgraney again with the mini weekend. Yeah. Um, so, John, we're about Mount, to Mount have the... Mount Shannon Arts. Oh, yeah, Mount Arts yeah. Festival, exactly. Mm. We're about to... Brain Baru is about to rear his head again in Kindle. And the, yeah, there, Indeed. And there's a very, very fine photograph of some of the committee uh, involved in the harvest. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what page is, is that photograph on, lads? Oh, mm. that's the scarab, the Harbour yeah, Festival. The Harbour Festival. Yes, and that and will come the up. Herbs, the Herbs, yeah. 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 The, the, the Killaloo one is on the Arts Entertainment page, John. The Killaloo one is on next weekend. Yeah, 20. Yeah. Next it's on next weekend. Page yeah. 20 and 21. And the one in Scarif then is at the end of the month. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. No. The August. So you're Killaloo, we call it Killaloo in Bell now, which is Fail of Brian Brew starting Wednesday, the 6th of July. What's the key event now in that? I think they, they have a lot of different events. They have a lot of stuff going on go, from Winston to Sunday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's, um, I, I think, I think the big event will be that I'd say the Saturday Chronicle will be broadcasting live on Saturday, John, down there. If, yeah. if, if it's sa safe to say that, Jim. I think it is. And, I and possibly the Sunday and as I, well. I think the Sunday as well. Yeah, yeah that'll still. be uh, on next... Not, uh, we said, yeah, next, yeah, next, next Saturday. Yeah. Next Saturday, yeah. 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 And ninth, uh, and tenth of July. Mm. There's um, a few. There's a few different. Um, one thing that might interest you, John, on the on next Wednesday night in St. Clarence Cathedral, there's a talk on the spates of Derry Castle. The spates. The spates. S P. I know. I know. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So that's a history talk given by Arlene White. Oh, Arlene. And of course, David is. Is that's very warm to the spates. Spates have a very close connection with Tomb Graney. Hadn't they? Yes, that space of spades in Limerick, yes, where, yes, where the, yeah. the shop was. Yeah, yeah. Um, John, I, I know you've been a fine connoisseur of history, and we, we all probably don't. don't it down now, we all probably don't have as fond knowledge of our own history. A yeah. guided walking tour of Killaloo with Killaloo Heritage Tours, seven thirty p.m. on Thursday, the seventh of July. Oh, now yeah. that would yeah. be a nice, indeed, it would. nice event. Mm. Yeah. For me, the only problem is that walking is becoming increasingly difficult. The next to start getting. I'd say as long as you didn't have to go up to Main Hill, John, you'd be okay. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be okay. Well, yeah. a few weeks later then, and John, you referred to photographs in the paper, and yeah. they're in both papers, of the, uh, the committee. Yeah. Um, Pat has shown me something. They, they, oh, yes. That's a committee that deserves the height of praise, isn't it? It is. It uh, is indeed. They yeah. have been creative, innovative, Okay, and the renewal of the contact with the North of Ireland That's is, right. uh, is on this year again. That's it is. Um, what's his name? What form is that going to take, Jim? Well, first of all, the, the, the opening uh, will be performed by um, Stuart Dixon. Yes. Uh, who is a uh, alliance alliance party? party. Yes, yes, you know, and an yes. influential figure up there, and that would be very interesting. Yes, because indeed. I think the the north of Ireland is is reaching a very very interesting stage. Indeed, no, for people who would be very anxious to know, where will the launch take place? I haven't got that to hand, John, but I I'm assuming it's down in the harbour. In the harbour, is it? Well, that's where it has yeah, been yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. a good number of years yeah. now. Has been in the square, has been even in the Fecal Road in the past. How many years, who can tell us how many years is the Harvest Festival uh, 
In well, it started in 2003. And, and we had a, we've had one every year apart from the last two years. Yes, yes. So that's about 17, I'd say. Or that's very good. I mean, we're very proud of our people here in the, in, <laughs> associated with the Harvest Festival. So it's to look forward to and there'll be uh, a feed-in of information next week as well on radio. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And there's a, there's a nice photograph there of Michael Rogers and um, Henry O'Meara and Katrina O'Brien um, with the, the flag. Jim, there's absolutely crucial mini artillery, and it's crucial. It concerns any boy, any girl, now that the change of mind slip is out. Uh, if they're interested in the new apprenticeships, all they've got to do is tomorrow call in to Margaret in the adult centre. And, I mean... This is a change of mind in the CAO. The whole lot. Appre yes. Apprenticeships are in on that now. Yes. Okay. So... Um, you can have uh, animal science, accounting technician, uh, music performance, aircraft maintenance, technician traineeships, beauty therapists, and others as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are very valuable vocational uh, programs, and they're available, and they're available for you locally. So if you call into to, the, to the, the director of the... LC ETB. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's actually yeah. a company there in, in the paper. Where there's, a, have, yeah. there's an ad there where, where, where the maintenance people but it's, the, are, are looking for, for that, apprentices. Yeah. yeah so, I, Jim, it's, it's very important. It's another one of the papers anyway, but it's, it, it, it's there. Very good. And Pat, just while we're waiting, uh, Tony Kelly visited uh, his uh, alma mater oh, in did, Yeah, Tony. Uh, yeah, there's some lovely photographs there. Lovely photos. Photos. I think to Tony and uh, Spencer Hill are in competition to see who had the most photos in the yeah. paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tony was back in his alma mater in Bill McKelly in school. He's been chased there on page one of the, the, of the, the champion. champion, yeah. And um, there's, a, there's a full page of photographs there as well, and so. Uh, and we wish Tony Hardwick. Uh, yeah. Well, I suppose we're we're at the slight disadvantage now that you listening to us know the result of yesterday's game, but we don't because we're recording this on Thursday evening. So that's a, a lot of pictures of Spansel Hill on the page twenty-two of the Champions. Yes, and Pat O'Brien doesn't appear in any of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some fantastic. There's a full page there, and in, the, in board papers of uh, some lovely photographs of Spencer Hill, uh, the traditional house there. So, um, okay. it's nice to see. Yeah. Jim, so just before we go there, um, Martina Jurak named Artistic Director of the EBCF. Innes Book Club Festival has appointed a new Artistic Director who holds strong links to Scarif West Clare. Martina Jurak, who was the director and producer of the acclaimed TG Cahill documentary series on the bottom succeeds Danny Gill as the role in the role. The Garrowman has joined the board of the EBCF following her two-year stint. Uh, although a native of Limerick City, Martina has strong ties to County Clare. Her father came from Scarif, and many of our childhood summers were spent in West Clare. So Patrick McMahon's death story. So if we wish her the best of luck. Wish absolutely the Okay. Seeing as we only gave Shannon a fleeting mention in part one, we should sort of say there's a free supplement in the papers, flyshannon.ie, with lots of places to visit. Okay. Absolutely. Listen, we've reached the end of our time. Um, we're gone over the end, really. Uh, our thanks to everybody to, who contributed today. To John S. Many thanks, John. Welcome, Jim. And to Pat. 
Thanks, Jim. And to Luke, off the bench again. We're back to us next week, hopefully. Well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Pat, have you a piece of music for us to play out on? Yes, yeah, suppose as, as um, Willie Kensey, uh, there's a, a little bit on, on Willie Kensey there on the, on the opening of Willie Kensey next week and uh, in Milton. Actually, Pat, you just so, flick back there a second now. We, we had we'll, a, a little bit of triad. There's oh, yeah. a, a great picture on page two, and there's a great video on the old social media if you want to go find it. The Tola and the Kilfenora. Yeah, Tola and Kilfenora had a marriage together there last week in Tola, and there was a fantastic group of musicians playing in the in the church in Tola. And the wedding was Francisco Nguyen, who was from Cushion, uh, and who was a member of the Kilfenora Kelly Band. And Emma Copkin from Tola was a member of the Tolly Cayley band, so they had a big, um, a big session in, a the, in the church. A holy in the church. And the, yes. choi the choice of music to play out quite appropriate because it features the two of them. Yes. And <laughs> um, uh, just before we go, Emma uh, Coughlin was is a granddaughter of uh, Teddy Kenny, who was a famous member of the Tolly Cayley band back along the years. And we'd have um, the Kilfenora Cayley band with In Clear My Half My Home uh, with Susan Bachan singing. So we'll, we'll finish with that. Okay, many thanks to everyone. Uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend from us here on Scarlet Bay Community Radio. Goodbye and God bless. So raise your voices, one and